0: Ladies and gentlemen, there is a buzz in the air that is palpable. Joining us live in Indianapolis, Indiana, in studio for the first time in 15 years, Vincent Kennedy McMahon! Oh my Lord! A.J. Hawk gets off the phone. The boys are here. Uh, Mr. McMahon, sorry about that. If you want to move it, you can move it, obviously. Hey, hey, I can't fucking believe you're here. You hear me? Thank you so much. Mr. McMahon, Vince. I'm Vince okay good Dude. I was wondering what I should call you yeah right. okay I just want to show the respect I
1: understand when you're off camera you call me a lot of things <laughs> no. I haven't
0: heard them but no, no, not me many others yeah. and I think a lot of those people are tuning in today to hear a conversation from you live because I've gotten a chance to chat with you off air and I've been very lucky to ask you questions and you give me actual advice and whenever you were the one that decided you wanted to be here in person I took a lot of honor in that and I appreciate the hell out of you being here we re- this is big for our show thank so you. we thank you you so much ladies and gentlemen oh, thank fucking you Vince through. is here. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Now let's get into it boss. Um just the mere mention of your name everybody on earth knows. Okay? And what we have here in like 30 days is basically the yearly global standard for live events. Okay? WrestleMania. <laughs> Wrestle Mania, especially this year's WrestleMania, creation of yours, obviously. Right. But this year's WrestleMania, the most stupendous two-night affair. Whenever you were a kid, a tiny kid, mm-hmm. did you know you were going to be doing like this type of thing? Did you know you were going to be doing business? Were you like a like a businessman as a kid, an asshole as a kid? Like what were you as a kid? <laughs> and is this all expected from you? Um, well, I don't believe in
1: ceilings, and um, did I ever believe I would be here? No, but I did not believe it got it mm. so um, i I don't think that way I don't think ceilings I don't think uh, milestones you know like I, I don't think pats on the back I just think about doing enjoying what you're doing and doing it and building it
0: and is that why you feel like whenever you make a decision, you never back off it? For instance, like WWE Network, when you started that the mm-hmm. subscription service years ago, you were killed, right? I mean, yeah. everybody, your fans, fans yeah. allowed obviously all the time in the wrestling sure. business, the world you created, media alike. Why is this? They're doing this. You're going to cut down your audience now. Everybody on earth wants to be a part of the subscription service. Why did you not back off of that? And there's many other decisions you've made that you've gotten killed for. Do you think it's because you're just a, a let's go do this thing type guy, or why do you think it no, is? No, no, no.
1: Um, I think everything we do is calculated. You need to have some really smart people around you. You need to listen to them and make your decision. But in that instance, it really, we had a great deal uh, that, was, that was given to us pretty much by Comcast. But when you got into the lawyer stuff and nitty gritty of it, they tried to tie your hands in so much creativity, tie your hands in terms of owning you, moreover, and. You know, I've never liked that. (laughs) 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 So really, it was more about creative control and having control of your own destiny. So that's why we went that way.
0: So I'll just create my own network. How you doing? Keep it moving. I happen to own this show as well. I respect you and obviously you're a person that I look to as a trailblazer in this world because before you, I assume there was some people that had success in the world of wrestling, but what you've been able to do with it, I don't think anybody else on earth would have been able to do it. Do you hear the news or do you hear the noise whenever people say like this wrestling thing is much better because of you, and do you hear the noise that, hey, this wrestling thing, because of you, has turned into what it wasn't originally? Like, Do you hear that shit, or do you try to stay out of all of that?
1: I stay out of all of it. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, again, I'm not big on the pets on the back. It really screws with your mind. You know, you're somebody. I'm just who I am, yeah. you know. Um, and I, you know, all the, if you listen to the positives, then you have to listen to the negatives. I'm not big on negatives at all. I, you know a negative is a no matter what it is is a double negative because if you're dealing with this negative that means you're not dealing with a positive in which you put your you know your your, your intellectual cost and that positive not the negative so I try and stay away from negatives as much as possible and um, you know members of the media you know or they're going to say what they're going to say you know um, and there's nothing can do to change it really because you spend all your time saying no, no I'm not talking that- Hey, he's on the mic, yeah. Sorry, man. That's us. We Should get, I get my hands going? No, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Hey, feel free to do whatever the hell you General, want. Yeah, yeah. Generally, anything that's in my way, I'm not going down. doubt. Yeah, that's, well, a lot of so, people
0: have a lot of questions about that as well. So,
1: in any event, you know, you're dealing with a negative and it's like, if people think you're an asshole, you can't change that. No, no, no. I'm not really an asshole. I'm really a nice guy. I'm this. Yeah, you're an asshole. No, but really, you know, I'm a good guy. I love my family. You're an asshole. In my <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what, you, you can't change perception generally when people, when you're a, a public persona type thing. You can't. You know, so, Well, especially well, you, by the way. Don't bother. You know, so it, it doesn't bother me. I really used to care about people like what they thought of me. I care about what the general public thinks of me in general as far as the business is concerned, you know. Um, it's just that if people think I'm an asshole, then congratulations, I guess I am. <laughs>
0: yeah. At what point did you make that decision that you didn't care what people thought about you? Because, by it, the way, your stamina in this thing is unbelievable. It, it took a while. Um, I think um,
1: and when you're first starting out uh, and you're giving it everything you possibly can and doing it for all the right reasons and people start knocking you, calling you something that you're not and whatever, it, it, it bothers you at first and you try and correct it but then you realize this is not going to work i'm spending a lot of time trying to correct this you know poor image of me Mm. and and i'm I'm spending time over here and things i could do from a positive standpoint so you really do have to give it up and i don't mean just a little bit you really just can't care you know what members of the media or people that don't understand you or people have an opinion of you no matter what You just can't care.
0: You have to enjoy the fact, though, that so many people care about the universe that you created, right? I mean, obviously your dad was in the business, but it was not the WWE universe. And let's... Actually, this is a question I think a lot of people would like to know because it is, you know, wrestling is involved in the name.
1: Wrestlemania
0: is happening here in like 30 days. And I think the evolution of wrestling into what it has become, mostly because of all because of what you have done with this thing that was once a Carney spectacle, regional, now it's a global sensation. And also bringing you know, people together, I yeah. think that would never ever relate, I think. The evolution, is that why you don't like the word wrestling to be described as what you do because you feel like it's a lot different or what is it, you think? No, uh,
1: there's always been wrestling. And um, I wanted to separate us from everybody else. You know, and my dad uh, was a part of the well, he was part of the NWA, but he had his own branding. It was Worldwide Wrestling Federation many, many years ago, and I thought that was brilliant. I thought, you know, wow, okay, you're you're making yourself different from everyone else. And at the time when I bought my dad's business, uh, he had never sold it to me if he knew what I was going to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, by the way, a lot of old school
1: wrestling people, right? Think like that. So, in any event, it's like. Um, you know, separate yourself, you know, and be who you want to be, and especially the brand. It's like, it's WWE, it was WWF, which is another story. Um,
0: hey, that panda
1: got you. Oh, well, the panda got us to a certain extent, <laughs> because the World Wildlife Fund, which it, I didn't even know existed. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we learned about it through you, I think. Right. Like the whole um, world
1: did, by the way. Shout and, out to that uh, panda. But any event, it was like, it, that was a... A no end lawsuit for me because of, uh, you know, you're being tried in England where they wear the wigs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't fit in that environment. <laughs> so I just said, okay, we'll change it. So uh, And it was pretty easy to do because it's like, hmm, I'm going to change it. Uh, it took about 30 minutes at the most. I know what I'll do. I'll get the F out. So we did
0: How's it, is that your creative process? Because the Comcast deal, that almost happened, right? They had a little bit of creative control, and you wanted the creative control. Because are you just? have you always been just a super creative human being? I mean, you're putting on two shows a week on TV now for like 30 years, 40 years at this point. The amount of shows and ideas you've had to create, not all of them have been great. I think everybody would recognize that. But there has been some brilliant and incredible moments through like four different decades at this point. Have you always been super creative? Like How, how did this all come to be, you think? Well, we have a lot
1: of creative people around us.
0: You yeah, know, but you, everybody a, knows. And it's
1: a team. You know, and we have a great team and uh, great executives and, and what have you. We're on the precipice now of really, really taking off you know, in the business world. And um, so that's where I look at it. We're at another plateau and a platform. But creatively, um, again, you have a, I listen well. And I think that's important because you can't learn if you're talking. I can sometimes, but, <laughs> but no, I have the unique ability to be you right now listening to me and knowing whether or not you're buying my shit. Oh yeah, dude, reading, I'm, good I'm, read. I'm listening to you, moreover, listen to me. Body language. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, eyes. Body language and even the way you're thinking, you know. Hey, everybody listens to you when you talk, dude. You're fucking Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I know you don't like that. I know you don't enjoy people saying that. You don't like pats on the back. You literally just right. said it. And it's a long withstanding thing that in the Hall of Fame speeches, like, hey, don't thank Vince McMahon, even though, by the way, you probably created the concept that is going into the Hall of Fame and took over and everything like that. You hate that type of shit. With that being said, that is what I like to talk about, that type of stuff. You're an absolute legend. And it, I think we have some news to break, too. Do we not about Hall of Fame? Do you want to do, do that indeed. right
1: now? Yep. Undertaker, of course, is going to be in the Hall of Fame, oh. and I'm going to have the distinction of uh, inducting him in the Hall of Fame. Let's wow. go! Wow. Hey,
0: that's a big deal, right? This is a massive deal. You've only done this, I think, for Stone yeah, Cold. this
1: will be one of the most difficult things I have ever done in my life. How come? Because I, I like the guy. <laughs> I, lo- I love the guy. <laughs> Not just like, I love the guy. We've known each other for so many years. You've been through all kinds of situations, you know, some that glad we didn't make the newspapers and so forth, you know? But I mean, you know, when you live on the road like that, you know, you have your family at home. When you live on the road, man, you have to have a family on the road. And you have to have people you can count on, rely on that are loyal and what have you and trustworthy and not have to look over your shoulder. And he's that kind of guy. He's an extraordinary human being, as well as one of the premier, one of the all time greats in the ring. But it's the human being. I could talk about the character and it won't bother me at all. But in my mind, I'm thinking, When I'm up there, going to inducting him, I'm thinking about. I know who he is, you know, and that's tough when you know someone that's that close and you care about them so so much. Well, that's gonna be one of the most difficult things I've ever done.
0: Well, I want to let you know. I think a lot of people are probably very surprised to see you got choked up there at the beginning, man. I hey, didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Listen, that just happened right uh-huh. here. We got it on camera. <laughs> this show, dude. This show got to, hey. Shout out to us. Yeah, shout out. You got, you got choked up there, but that the relationship with Undertaker and you said the loyalty and it, this has been documented pretty well. And you know, I like watching all the behind the scenes stuff. I'm obviously been a fan since I was a kid. A lot of what wrestling that I watch as uh, a teenager and growing up created the person that I am but the undertaker loyalty through the the monday night wars right, right? this is where i feel like you and take probably came closest because his character Massive. He was able to do whatever, whenever at that point, if he wanted to jump ship, would have been a turn, massive turn. That would have been a huge swing, but he stuck by your side. I got a chance to chat with him a couple different times. Incredibly nice to me. When you're in the middle of those wars, okay, do you when you look back on the WCW Turner war like that? Did it change you like creatively as a human when you're in that moment? Because everybody says Vince McMahon, when there's competition, is at his absolute best. Mm-hmm. So now there's there was T. A that came and went impact is kind of back now AEW is the big one they just bought ring of honor I believe last night in there so like when everybody says competition makes Vince McMahon better what do you think that means and, and do you believe that looking back on the those two like very similar feeling situations
1: well I'm probably one of the few people in the world who enjoys confrontation so
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you enjoy it
1: I enjoy confrontation. I mean, it's one of the things that really, you know, revs you up. It's one of the things that really puts you on your toes. It's one of the things in terms of, okay, what am I going to do here in that split second? I enjoy confrontation, physical confrontation. I enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Um, So with a background like that, you know, and a further background when I was a kid, it was like, hey, we don't want to hear another bad kid story or something like that. But my philosophy. uh, We do, by the way. Well, no, I'm not going to tell you that. But what I (laughs) will tell you is that um, I learned um, a long time when I was a kid that if I live through that beating, I win. So if you live through the beating and you won, what can you do to me? You know, so in terms of competition, in terms of that confrontation, I'm not afraid of it. I, I relish it. You know? And by the way, getting back to The Undertaker, Undertaker and I never had a conversation about him going to WCW. Not one. I never asked him. He never said anything about it. Not
0: one. Well, see, that is, I think, why all the documentaries and why you're inducting him is going to be so special because you two just have a a great relationship. And I think you hinted on something that probably not a lot of people have ever heard of, including myself. Sorry to hear you went through that, but that mental toughness, you think you had that as a, you think the mental toughness is potentially what makes you and separates you from everybody else? I don't know. There are a lot of things that, you know, I'm just
1: wired differently than most people, that's all. And that's probably one thing, but you know, I think heredity plays a part in it. You know, um, you know it's, you're just who you are and you, you accept that and you know what your weaknesses are, you know, and your strengths are, and you use them in, in the best appropriate way you can.
0: So whenever you are a kid grinding through, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. visualizing things, you always wanted money. So when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I looked up at the hill Okay, and there was rap videos, and there was Escalades on 24s, (laughs) and there was, like, these big houses up on the hill, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy one of those, and then I want that Escalade on 24s right there. The day I was drafted, I bought a Cadillac Escalade and put 24s on it. Mm -hmm. I didn't get my signing bonus for three months. That Cadillac Escalade on 24s almost got repoed Mm -hmm. immediately, and I had to show a news thing. But when you were a kid, you always had dreams of being incredibly wealthy? No, no. Just you know. successful? Nothing like that. What was? Um, I just
1: wanted to be everything I could be. Um, I again I grew up in an eight-foot-wide trailer in a trailer park, you know, and uh, which was great. I didn't know any different, and was was awesome. Yeah. Which was a step up from where I lived before, with no running water. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, it's not one of those things whereby, you know, I'm one day I'm gonna have a ton of money and that sort of stuff. You want to be successful? you know there's a better life than where you are right there. <laughs> <laughs> you you so you want to reach beyond that, you know, for sure. Um, but it's not, uh, I mean, you hear people bullshit and say they would do what they would do without, you know, without the money. You know, I would. I know I would. But, uh, and, I don't know what's in the bank. I don't care. There's no difference between lot. Me you hey. number of zeros hey, on the a lot. end of
0: what you heard. You got a lot in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've seen it on the internet. You congratulations by yeah. the eight-foot trailer. Yeah. Eight-foot trailer to all those zeros, dude. Anyways, get back to what you're saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is incredible. You say it's not about that, though, right? For you? that wasn't for
1: me. You know, I mean, I think there was a period of time when um, after, well, probably WrestleMania four or five, I thought I was somebody, you know, and had an ego that way. Not that I don't have an ego, but, but have an ego that way in terms of, yeah. And then it's like, mm. that lasted for about six months. And it's like, that's, you're just like everybody else, you put your pants on the same way, you know? You happen to be very, very fortunate because you're doing what you love to do. And the odds of me sitting in here, you know, and even being alive are astronomical. <laughs> if you knew my background, <laughs> I mean,
0: how come just one thing, we don't have to dive into all of them, but what do, what do you mean by whenever you say that? Like, for instance, I boozed like five to six times a week for mm-hmm. like four to five years while I got into the NFL. Sure. Probably took a lot of years off my life. That is something I'm projecting. Are you saying that you're, because you, you are 76 years old at this point. You've been on, well, this is what other people said. The internet said this. <laughs> you know, the internet said this. The internet said you're 76 years old and you're still doing it. You're still working, though, like at this point. What do you mean like you shouldn't even be alive You're, you're talking. time? Well, I'm not working, though. This oh, because this is life. You think, you think this is work, guys? <laughs> none of this is work. When
1: I, none of what I do is work. I love it. I love the people I do business with, you know, and uh, in the organization and out. You know, uh, I, it, it's not work at all. None of it is. You know, it's one of the reasons probably I can put in so many hours or whatever it is goes, it's not work.
0: So whenever you think about the future, because a lot of people on the internet they say uh, with some of the moves that get made. Now listen, I'm in the, I was in the NFL where I have lunch with a dude, okay? I go into my meeting, I, come, I never see that guy again. That guy was cut, he's gone, this is the NFL, there's only a certain amount of spots. With you, whatever you have to make those decisions to move forward, people always assume that you just have no heart, and you do not care at all about any of these people. Then there's podcasts that happen. Each one of those decisions that you make, whether it's to release somebody, or by the way, Push somebody or keep somebody. How much weight, like, are any of those decisions like more difficult than others, or is it just always like what will make the best show in your eyes? Like, is that always concerned about what's best
1: for the audience? Always. What does the audience want? And if you have dead weight around you, you had situations whereby someone's not cutting it, or maybe, and you have an opportunity for someone else to come in. It's like, okay, that's probably the best thing. It was one of the reasons why. You know, with uh, Hogan and a lot of those guys who left me at one time and you know, why I brought him back. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I'll never bring that son of a bitch back again as long as I live. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you say stuff like that, you know, you're, you're really hurting yourself because you're not thinking about your audience. You're not, you're not thinking about your product. And it's not about you and your ego. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe I really felt that way. Maybe I didn't. But nonetheless, it, it doesn't matter. What's the best thing for business? If the audience wants Hulk Hogan back, you bring him back if he has value that way.
0: Well, there's a lot of very famous like disagreements that you've gotten through. Is that a business mindset you think to bring people back? Is it a personal mindset it, no, or no, is it, it just...
1: It's not personal. It, it's, it's, it's business. And once I took the uh, company public, it helped me be a better businessman because prior to that, I was running a business mostly with my head, but mostly with my heart as well. And you, these decisions are so damn tough when you do that, you know, um... Because you know who it is, you know it's kids or this and that and the other, or somebody has cancer in the family, or whatever. It is. And all that computes in your head, you know. When you're, a, a, but once you're a public company, now, you know, you owe stockholders. You owe the business. That's right. It is the business then. So it helps me make uh, easier business and better business decisions. Because my heart, there's still some of it in there, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, know, I know it sounds all of it. There is, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it's business. And there's nothing personal about it in terms of whether I like somebody or I don't like someone or whatever. And again, sometimes, um, you know, athletes, maybe more so in our, in our type of business, when, when they're not given the opportunity, or even if they are, and it doesn't work, that people from all walks of life seldom look in the mirror and say, Coach is You know welcome. what? I'm was the guy who fucked up. It, it was on me. You know, instead... Everybody has a million excuses as to why things didn't work. And generally speaking, the heat has to go someplace, the old blame game. And, and I'm the bad guy. So, I don't, you know, that's part of the job.
0: Yeah, you're okay with being the bad guy for the business. And I assume that helped for the business to make those decisions. But, yeah, in our world, it's always the coach's fault, man. It's the coach's fault. The coach, the coach fucked me, hated me. I mean, that's an entire thing. That's our world. And you do take a lot of heat for all that type of stuff. But none of the great ideas... Like you don't get any of the credit for any of the great ideas or the great characters that everybody beloves, mm-hmm. and the people, by the way, that they're actually upset that are leaving WWE, you're probably the one that you know maybe thought of the idea or decided how to get that idea going, or you're a part of it. I understand it's sure. an entire team thing. Do you have a favorite WWE moment or favorite WWE run or program or anything like that?
1: Well, I always like to say, like many other those uh, many other people do, is just like, okay, it's going to be the next big moment. It'll be my favorite, you know, uh, but I think WrestleMania one. Uh, was important to me because it was like that. I had, <laughs> I had hocked everything I had, you know. And oh, I, you went all in. Oh, yeah. I didn't have any money, you know. Even when I was competing with these other guys, it's like I, I had a really, really, really strong work ethic, and with the work ethic, I had some degree of creativity, uh, and you know, and balls by the ton, and uh, and you just go do it, you know. And so that's kind of the way I operate. And And these other guys had. We're, we're millionaires. I was nothing. I had nothing but cash flow. I bought the business, you know, what we call mirrors from my dad. And I didn't really have the money that <laughs> I said I had. You know, promoting baby. We're promoting that out there, baby. It was like a balloon payment thing, they used to call it, where here's so much down, and I don't have the rest of it, but here's so much down and over the course of a year, there are installments. If you don't make any of those installments, then they keep the money that you gave them and have the business back. So that was over a course of a year. And uh, every installment was, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> we got this kid's money and we got the
0: business until the last one. And it was like, hmm, huh. what's happened here? <laughs> <You know,
1: laughs> this son of a
0: bitch made it work somehow. Uh, that You hedging your future on everything and, going and all in. With all the, the other
1: guys, you know, I mean, they're millionaires. I, I really didn't have anything. It was ca- all cash flow. So if I were to go into St. Louis or something like that, which was a NWA territory and not part of my dad's northeast type territory it was all broken up in the united states and all of the world for
0: that matter but um you know and you're
1: going into other people's territories it's like mm, you don't do that
0: yeah you know, the business is real that that's like a real thing right because i i see on young rock there's a young rock <laughs> you're you're a part of young rock the guy who did you see the person who plays you on young rock no will you ever Will I ever? See the person that plays you I'm on gonna, Young Rock? I'm going to doubt it, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a young Vince McMahon calling to Hawaii, trying to negotiate for some wrestlers for your territory where right. you're a young upstart. Right. That wrestling territory game was super serious, right? I mean, that was like, yeah. there was like some real, that was strict business, right? I, I, it was. I, you know, I
1: don't know how many different rivers was supposed to be at the bottom of.
0: You know, <laughs> you know, death threats
1: are what they are. You know, and it's like, I always felt like if you can knock off a president of the United States, then I'm easy to get to. So. Yeah. You know, never had a bodyguard down on stuff. And, uh, and, and those days, it was like when you, from their standpoint, invaded their territory. Uh, it was like, well, okay, Dems is not just fighting words. It's like there's so many, so many times when people threatened me, uh, and it was like I, the last guy I said, like, you better get, if you want to take credit for it, you better get me quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many, you know, there's a story that uh, Jim Ross was telling me one day, and he was with Bill Watts and some of the other old NWA guys, and, uh, and they're having this conference because there's a whole bunch of them. What are we gonna do about this kid? You know, just invading everything. You know, we gotta do something about him. And uh, so, you know, they couldn't order lunch
0: together. I knew that. I mean, they couldn't do that even t- together, but nonetheless. What do you mean, too dumb, not broke, too um, broke? No, just egos and so forth. Oh, they, they uh, didn't like uh, each other either. No. So they hated you. That was like you were the enemy of all their enemies. Mm-hmm. I was a Joe, so they're meeting in terms of what
1: what can they possibly do. So now, Jim is not a part of the meeting, you know. So, but Jim is now in the men's room, and uh, he's in the men's room in the stall taking care of business, and walks four of these pro- most prominent uh, promoters, and they're talking about how they're going to off me. And this guy knows this guy. And I know I can do this. And I, this guy did this. It was really impressive. And they all know people. So They're all talking about who's gonna off me. So now imagine Jim Ross.
0: Bucko, <laughs> I don't face Vince McMahon.
1: He's thinking he's not doesn't give a shit about Vince McMahon. <laughs> he's thinking about himself. He goes think about it. So he's on the throne, and it's like he hears this. He's like, Oh no, I'm gonna be accessory to murder. So he takes one foot and puts it on the seat. He takes the other one, <laughs> puts it on the seat. So now they can't see his feet you know, below the stall. And of course, Mother Nature is calling at the same time. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got so, those cowboy boots up in a squatty
1: potty position. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So now that was finally he waited for them to finish off. Uh, you know, okay, who was going to kill me and all that kind of crap. But uh, that's just one of the things.
0: Yeah, that's just one of the Yeah, that's just another day of insert well, <laughs> Really, I mean, what are you going to do?
1: So he, he told me about it like, five years after he came to work for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't working for me that naturally. Yeah, he was working.
1: You could have called, told me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's
0: waiting for you to hire him, give him a little bit of money now, or get a little coin, you know what I mean? Um, you, whenever you say you enjoy confrontation, mm-hmm. and I would assume, not enjoy, but you don't, you're don't, you not scared away from it. You probably do enjoy it, but that also has probably led you into situations that many other people probably wouldn't. Business-wise, like, hey, don't know how this is going to go. For instance... You doing a show in Saudi Arabia, okay? Be- this was before... I- you were the first person, I think, that went over there and almost, like, offered a, hey, let's go ahead and maybe try to bring the world together a little bit. Was that because you heard there were big fans? And when you go into a meeting like that... how? What the fuck do you, your eight foot trailer is where you grew up at. Now you're doing meetings with royalty Mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Like how do you even prepare for that? What do you expect for that? And since that relationship has started, have you seen like their country develop more and maybe get a little bit more lenient, which is good for the entire world, I think, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Well, Saudis are no different than any other people. WB fans all over the world. No, so how would you matter. know?
0: They were just watching on the internet? Or how would you find out that it was? Uh, actually,
1: Well, I've known for years. We, we've had a presence over there for years. Uh, and Saudi everywhere, no, there was no place on the globe that went on a presence. So Saudi fans are you know really, really enthusiastic like they are everywhere else. So it was an opportunity to play before the, before the audience. No different than people love Western culture all over the world. They don't love our government, but they love Western culture. Hey, nobody loves and, it. and our, you know, our form of entertainment you know, with WB kind of fits into everything. It's larger than life. It's like, you know, everything imaginable that you could ever, like, oh, my God, a spectacle of it. You know, so it fits in everywhere. Um, and we translate it in, I don't know, 40 languages or something like that. But even if there's just English, you get it. You understand. So um, we've always been, you know, popular everywhere. Saudi is was, was no different. And, again, people are people. It's, you know, you... And cultures are cultures and you have to respect that. Just because we as Americans, this is the way we should do, this is the way our whole world should be like us. We know the way and any any other way is just not the right way. Come on, culture's been around Thousands of years. Oh, well, hey, uh, long because, before us. Yeah, d- yeah, it
0: depends which uh, book you read. There's millions uh-huh. of years yeah. potentially, but like that is—that's a very real thing. And you like situations are situational is something I say all the time because it's very real. Everything is its own individual battle with everything you have going on, whether it's negotiations and deals with Saudi Arabia and their culture, and then you have 40 different languages. I think you just said, how do you have the time to do everything? Like, I, I, do you have? You wake up 3 a.m. Golf. What is Mark Wahlberg's schedule? Mark, This is what Mark Wahlberg says, just so, <laughs> to preface your answer. Three o'clock, you woke up, played nine holes, yep. read the whole Bible. Uh-huh. Snack, snack. Snack. time. Kid time. Yep. Shower for 45 minutes. That's right. Drop the kids off at school. Work, work out again. Do that entire thing. Do you have a every single day is the exact same thing like all the billionaires seem to have?
1: <laughs> I'm not like all the billionaires. I'm not like anybody else in the world. I'm me. I, I probably finished tra- finish training around 3 a.m.
0: Every day. Pretty much. What time do you start?
1: Oh, on a good day, like 1.30. I, I, I maybe a little bit more than that. It depends on how much time I can actually spend in the gym because, it, I, you know, as someone like I have, I have to force myself to get out. And I've always overtrained, which is not good for you. It's just that I, its my only socially acceptable outlet for aggression. <laughs> you know? Those weights. Yeah, and then you can't pick some of them up. You know, they weigh too much. (laughs) Hell, I can't. And okay, well, you do the best you can. But always a
0: meathead? What's that? Always super meathead? Like no, no,
1: no. Got into it. No, just got into it. It's I do this for my head more than I do my body. It's good for you. You know, I love that. I take care of me as best I possibly can, and try to eat the right things and all of that. But um, it it really helps me more mentally and psychologically and. So that I can handle the workload and handle all the stuff that comes my way, and a lot of it's emotional, you know, because you're doing business with people, you know, and people are people, you know, and they all have problems, and they all have ambitions, and they all have this, and dealing with all of that can be a little challenging sometimes, but you know, it helps me deal with that. And whatever the business problems come, you know, they're, you know, people get hit by a bus every day. How do you deal with it?
0: Well, uh, it depends how big the bus is. (laughs) (laughs) Ever a day you doubted anything was gonna happen in the whole run? Like the bus was too big? Was there ever a day where you've doubted yourself or doubted the business or the company? I don't
1: think there's ever a day that I doubted what I wanted to do. I mean, you always wonder whether or not it's the right decision. Um, And then you learn from that decision, whether it was good or bad. It was really really successful, great. Okay, I am about to try that again in some other form. And how did you make that happen? you know, what were the tools that got you there, you know? And um, so I, I don't
0: really have a down day. That's amazing to hear. And I think you've been able to evolve and WWE has been able to evolve. The network being the subscription service before every other subscription service tried to become a subscription service. And all the subscription services that are trying to become subscription services now, we're taking shots at you for starting your subscription services. But whenever you're talking about all of those different decisions that you make, right? Well, subs- it all comes down to common
1: sense, it really does.
0: Every decision? Pretty much.
1: You need, you need information as much as you possibly can. Uh, and then common sense is a really, really big part of that in, in every decision we make.
0: Any decision that you look back on that was like, ah, oh, that was one that shouldn't have fucking done that one. Like, is there any of those that you look back on while you no, go through I, it? because if... Oh, you, you don't know. like negatives, by the way. Why would we even think well, about it? Exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. I was like, that's but, 50 but, minutes but, ago. What am I even doing? You literally but, just but said Well, you it.
1: learn from what, you know, what happened uh, that didn't go well, and that's factored into what you're doing going forward. So... But no, you don't draw, I don't draw
0: any of that. The ability to evolve though, with the subscription service before everybody else, with the digital platforms and attacking YouTube, which was before everybody else, and you have the biggest YouTube presence in your social media, and just kind of evolving has always been something that you do. Excited to see what you do with the metaverse, by the way. I think we're all very excited. Somebody came on, I forget who it was, might have been Bischoff, might have been somebody that said if Elon Musk is gonna colonize Mars, or it was Paul Heyman, the wise man Paul Heyman who grew up in the wrestling business as well. He said if Elon Musk is going to colonize Mars, Vince McMahon is going to get the promotional rights up there and he's yeah. going to put on an event up there. What is next? I'm not saying a show on Mars is next, even though it fucking might be with you. I have no idea. <laughs> but what is do you do you think about the future? How far in the future can you think? Obviously WrestleMania. Okay. The most stupendous WrestleMania in the history of Wrestlemanias is happening in like 30 days. Those
1: but when are, you it was like I love branding you know, we almost we try to brand everything and marketing and all it's just fascinating to do that. So you have to do what makes this WrestleMania different. So the word stupendous is not used very often. So when you're hitting stupendous, it's like stupendous. What the hell is stupendous? You know, a lot of people have to look it up. You know, and but it sounds good. It sounds grand, like stupendous. Wow. What the hell is stupendous? <laughs> you know? But it's all you know. I haven't used that word before, and it's not in everyday speak. Stupendous mm-hmm. is not in everyday speak, so that's why you want to do something to get everyone's attention, you know. And then, oh, okay, what's stupendous in WrestleMania, et cetera, so it's things like that.
0: Yeah, so whenever you think it's stupendous, how long does that take for you there? How, how long is that branding? Are you walking around your office that has that, that goddamn dinosaur head behind you? Are you walking around that office? Are you in a suit? <laughs> are you doing the billionaire strut around the office <laughs> while you're thinking that? How long does the stupendous branding, after all these years of doing this, I mean, WrestleMania 38, here we are. Congratulations, by well, the way. That was before you were born, but that's great. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm w- at what point, how long does it make, like that decision is thought of and then it's like, boom, we're going with it. I have 2000 other things I have to do mm-hmm. as well.
1: Well, I think when you're creative um, and some people would think it's a burnout factor, it's not really because if you're concentrating on one thing at the moment, which is difficult for me to do, but, uh, and, me too. and you, all your creative skills are pouring in and something else comes this way. It's also creative. It's a great relief because hang on and you deal with this. And then when you come back, you'll think differently, generally speaking. Or what you just learned from that, so it's it's a big creative wheel all the time that's going on constantly.
0: So you're thinking of ideas, planting seeds in your head for something going forward. That, that's kind of what I do, by the way. Like, I, and I don't want to ever compare our brains because unless I'm doing something, you would want my brain. Yeah, I wouldn't want. <laughs> no. Yes, I'm fucking. What are you kidding me? Absolutely, you wouldn't want my. Hey, you wouldn't want my brain. How about that? How about that? You wouldn't want my brain. That's the whole thing. But whenever you're. Probably, yeah. That is, that is 100% true. I don't even know why I put that in there, but you're thinking about stuff just constantly. It's just how you're wired. Do you think so? Like whenever something comes up in the future, it's like, oh, I had already thought about this at one point when I was maybe, I don't know, Billy strutting around the office or in the workout or in the gym. That's kind of how it all kind of pieces together for you and your career. Really?
1: There's, you just need to be wide open. And I think uh, being creative is you just have to stay wide open as far as you know, your head is concerned you know, and just be able to accept, you know, whatever's coming in from whatever source. And uh, I'm really fortunate because I have like kinda of like a second um, not a second brain, but a second wheel that's going on all the time. Oh, I, nice. I've got the one I'm using right now and at the same time I'm thinking of something else right now, you know, in, in another way that I could easily snap to. And then sometimes there's a third one as well, but it's like and sometimes all that can get very confusing. Hey, I would want that brain by the yeah. way. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh, uh-huh. hey, well, what's everybody saying? So, you know, it, it's like many times when I get really, really tired, which is seldom. But when I do, wow, it's so, no, but it's so good because you can focus then on one thing, you know. What a flex that was right there, by the way.
0: It's Sorry. when I get tired, uh, which is seldom. Very seldom. But yeah. when I, when it does that, it's such a flex right there. You know what I mean? But whenever you. I didn't, just that, I flexed. No, no. <laughs> uh, like I never flexed. <laughs> hey we saw those boobs bouncing on the internet yeah, just uh-huh. more. we saw that thing popping Woo. off hard work in the gym I mean you talked about it you end at 3am you start at 1.30 but the creative process and not getting tired you would think people would you'd be worn out at this whole thing but when you get past Stupendous and Wrestlemania how far in advance do you have to think for the WWE what's coming like cause you do you change the game every time you get into it and I talked about the metaverse and Mars and stuff like that and Mars obviously not real we don't know Elon do gonna be up to but like the metaverse and things like that. How much do you have to think in the future while also knowing that the current product is what is gonna get you there? Like, how, how do you do that?
1: You have to look at both constantly. You have to look at the big picture and the little picture all at the same time, constantly. Because you wanna have, have an idea of where you might wanna go and you don't always know, but you, if something it makes itself available, I can fit into that or nope. Or, and there's, with WWE, we can almost fit into anything. Because it's like we—it's in terms of a uh, of the way we think, in terms of the structure we have, and the marketing aspect, and especially our talent. Our talent, when, by the time they finish, they've graduated from—you know—they have much better than a doctoral or a bachelor's degree. Or they—they, they, when you graduate from W, you know how to do. You know how to treat people. You know you show respect, which is one of the things that I'm sure you've picked up one is respect is huge in everything we do.
0: Yeah, it's big it's behind the scenes for everything. Everybody's right, known about it, but it right. is very real. And
1: even, you know, from a standpoint, you know, people really don't understand how, uh, in the gorilla position backstage, you know, we hug each other, shake hands, all that kind of stuff. Well, the basis of that is that I'm going to the ring to work with you, my competitor, and I want you to protect me. I don't want you to, don't drop me on my head I don't want to be paralyzed. I don't want to be hurt for the rest of my life. I can't continue my career. You know, so it's the respect factor that you have for each other to go out there and try not to maim each other, you know, and to come back, put on a great show. You know, obviously, you know, it it hurts, but that's okay. You know, it's... That's what you, you do. You know it's going to hurt. Yeah, you
0: jumped off, uh, we are just talking yeah. about a yeah. like 20-foot ledge last, when Gronk wouldn't do it. You just jumped off as a 70-year-old oh. or whatever. It's like, yeah, you guys are but, maniacs. You know, I, I like, only wanted to show
1: him that, like, hey, look, it's this is, this is all it is. <laughs> yeah, we know that's what you wanted to do.
0: Yeah, but it's just like, Gronk's like top 100 tight end of all time, one of the toughest guys of all mm-hmm. time, and then Vince McMahon obviously goes... <clears throat> <laughs> No. this is (laughs) No, I know you're not doing that, but that's the image of the Mr. McMahon, and then you're doing it from outside in because you never talk, you leave, all these things go unchecked because you can't answer everything because you gotta do your work. But that's the immediate response, like of course Vince McMahon would do that. Like you are viewed by a lot of people. Myself, before I got in, in, I can't reiterate this enough. The amount of times that you have allowed me to chat with you and ask you questions mm-hmm. and advice is unbelievable. You, you actually listen to what I'm saying. You give me actual answers. Some of them are hysterical. I mean, we've had some hysterical conversations over our short relationship, but like the fact that you have allowed this character, the Mr. McMahon character to go, everything you do is viewed through a light that you are a robot of a person. And with that being said, mm-hmm. You're just going to live forever? Is that, the, is that how you no. feel as well? We all feel yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah. We all feel you're just going to live forever. You're an alien. You're a robot. Right. You're, you're one of one. That's literally what people right. view of you. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, my mom was 101 when she passed away.
1: Um, that's a benchmark, but I don't know. Look, I been hit by a bus today, and, and if I do, you know, I, just, I want one second before I kick to say thank you.
0: To everybody. Everybody. Everything. For everything that has ever been done, like business, for this personal, opportunity to you know live in this country, to you know
1: all of it, you know you just want to be you want to be thankful that you are alive and appreciate the fact that you're alive, you know. And I get sometimes uh, more out of like um, taking one big deep breath than most people do out of breathing a lifetime because they just don't understand, you know. And to have the privilege of being able to understand what all that means, you know, and not take it for granted all the time. So I think if you get you know get whacked you get whatever hopefully there's at at least one second I can say thanks you
0: know? well I think you just just did it there yeah. although we you got 26 more years or 20 uh, 24 yeah, 26 more years. Yeah, yep. that's right. Hey, that's fucking math right there, Vince. I don't know if you need <laughs> it. A- a oh, thank, thank you. You got that, obviously. But the conversation has been broached with you now. And obviously, there's a show, Secession. I don't know if you've heard of this show. Right. It's about a mega wealthy person with the family and the right. business. And there's been a lot of comparisons to the WWE. People are like, oh, this is probably what's happening behind the scenes. Right. At what point? Did the future of the WWE be brought to you? And were you not happy about that, like when it happened? Because then there's a conversation about it maybe not being yours afterwards. Like, th- th- was that something that ever cracked into your world? Because it is a topic of conversation outside sure of is. the WWE very loudly. Right. When do you think that started? And were you pissed that that conversation even happened? And is that something you even think about? No, I, I, I don't think about it a lot. Um, hopefully, you, if you built something,
1: hopefully you want it to continue on. You know and prosper and grow whether that's with a family member or without a family member because my view is the business is is best for everybody you know and whether you're a part of it or you're not a part of it and you have to treat it as such you have to be objective you know and look at family members whoever it is just like you would other employees and quite frankly I probably have expected more you know, out of my family members, which is probably not the right thing I uh, But we um, really... That's going to be a big deal right there, what you just said. You know that though, absolutely. But But nonetheless, it's like, um, you have to do the right thing for the business. So if this person is not working out, then they shouldn't be a part of the company.
0: So whenever you think about the business, what is your overarching view back on what you have been able to build this far? You never get look, to do it. I know you never get to do it, but in this moment, I would like you to do it. Like you have to be... I do. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be pretty proud, I right?
1: I don't want to do what you tell me to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I apologize, that's on me, Mark. that's on me, that's on me, I apologize. But... you insist
1: in his confrontation. <laughs> no, hey, hey,
0: hey. hey, by the way, I'm okay with it too, I will have a good time with it, but no, I'm just joking. But I, I think at some point, I hope for that one second where you get to say thank you, you get to look back and say like, you know what, I inspired a lot of people. I changed the fucking world. I changed a lot of people's lives. You've employed a lot of people for every release Mm -hmm. that happens, people forget about who's coming in and getting pushed. Like what you have done for the world, I think at some point you should say thanks. And I understand you probably hear a lot of heat. I know a lot of these previous conversations that have happened, Mm -hmm. people always want to get like the, hey, tell me why you made this decision that didn't work out well, or this decision that worked out. I think you should be celebrated more than you actually are. And I think that's mostly because I got a chance to meet you, but also because you're a dude that all of us kids that didn't grow up with money hopes that we can go get it and follow it along. So I hope you get a chance to think about that in that one second as well since you won't do it right now, obviously. Right. All right, fuck off. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming Is in here. show over? Do you want it to be or no? You want to keep, the boys probably have questions. Fire away. Got Let's on. go. Go ahead, Ty. Vince, I'm curious. When you look at the state of the business right now... Before I answer your
1: question because I'll interrupt on occasion. Um, but... I wanna I wanna offer you something. Okay. Do I need like a pen or something? You probably need a chair. Um, <laughs> so and that's where you normally are, you know, it's like and I know you love what we do. Um and you're a part of the team. Big big time. And people in the organization really enjoy, and fans all over the world really enjoy you being you, you know. And, you know, you, you can't find anyone, I can't imagine, back in the day, Bob Costas standing up on a desk and dancing. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, you're you, you know, and that's why it works, you know. And uh, so w- with that, it's like I'd, I'd like to offer you a, an opportunity to actually wrestle at WrestleMania. Oh, it would be a dream, boss. In the ring. Now, it's, it would be the difference, though, when you played for the Colts. It'd be the difference of, like, okay... You're the punter, okay, but now, in the ring, you're gonna be a linebacker.
0: 24 tackles in the NFL, no big deal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be a fucking dream, obviously. And by the way, there's been a lot of chatter on the internet about me getting back into the ring and wrestling at WrestleMania, and I've had so many torn, conflicted feelings because, you know, I'm out of shape. I ain't out of shape. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of vitamins that go into these lungs, Vince, and, and like the, the, the things coming up. But WrestleMania is something I've obviously stolen from you. By the way, back in the day, we go to whoever had the black box would steal WrestleMania. <laughs> uh-huh. So sorry about that. I probably owe you like $7, eight, ninety-nine, 99 or so like that for that whole thing. But obviously, it is the standard at WrestleMania. I would love to. That'd be an absolute honor. i see
1: you in the ring. We'll find some worthy opponent for you. Wow! Holy shit!
0: Hey, huh? Did you see the ring when you walked by? By the way, I did
1: I was impressed you have your own ring. Yeah, I got it. it Looks like a standard WA ring.
0: Well, listen, I don't know if that's how hard your rings are, but goddamn, that thing hurts. That thing hurts like hell. This is incredible, by the way. Is this a real deal? I mean, are we really? No, I don't bullshit. I don't don't do that. Let's go! go. Here we go! go. Hell yeah! Let's go, dude. Huh? Huh? What? 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 Hey, I got a big right hand. What? What? <laughs> big right foot. What? Wait till I bring that goddamn knee out. What? And then the millions. And millions! The people will go banana lands when that left with the rolly on it comes from the pocket. All oh, right, in the kisser! What? Hey, that's awesome, man. I'm Shit. pretty excited. I think it'll work.
1: What do you guys think? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I think it'll work. Let's go. You
0: versus Taker? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. I don't know about that one. (laughs) By the way, the most stupendous WrestleMania in the history of WrestleManias. That's not a lot of days away. No. No. Better get working. Yeah. All right, start running. Yep, yeah, let's go! Ahead. Wake him up! <laughs> Wake him up! I'll be part of that. that is an honor, and I appreciate that's awesome. that. I, I really appreciate that. Can the boys ask you a couple Brad, questions? Hell yeah! Fire away, guys. Hey man, that's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. I got this aura. I got this aura ring on. Right. It'll tell me my heart rate. You know, I assume whenever you're like. uh I'd like to make an offer to you. My shit just <laughs> went right up here. I was excited. Thank Great. you so much, You're man. Good. That's awesome. That's, Thank you. That's fucking awesome. Now, we'll have to handle the business side of it, of course, but that <laughs> is an entire other conversation, and we'll figure it out. Go ahead, uh, Ty. When you look at the state of the business right now, do you find that it's either more difficult or easier to cultivate and like create superstars than it was maybe 10 or 20 years ago? Or ultimately, is it
1: up to kind of that person to get themselves over? No, it's a team effort. You know, um, if it's a character, then you have to really be into that character and bring that character into the ring. You know, not just be a character. The audience is not gonna buy that. You know, you have to really buy undertaker you know, the primo example. You know, we could never break him. Ever. And I tried so many times, you know, <laughs> even even on camera taking a risk of trying to break him. You know, and to get him to smile or something. Dance, right? That, was the, whole could, dance?
0: You know? that was the whole dance moment where you're uh, telling him to dance, I believe, right? Yeah, well, there's a take-a-rooney. So yes, a spin-a-rooney mm-hmm.
1: yep. type thing, you know. And he was out in the state of Washington. It was after the show was over. And we we're trying to do all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> nope. Almost got him. But you can see, if you ever see that footage on the on, on network, you can see the look at him. He's like, he's trying not to smile. But he knows, you know, that I'm getting close to, to getting him. You know, and it's just, it just, he never broke character. You know, he's just, uh, for all the right reasons, just a wonderful, wonderful human being. But you, you have to, if you do have a character, you have to really, no different than acting. Same thing. And our performers, the reason I call them superstars and not just wrestlers, is because anyone can wrestle, either poorly or well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: mean, when I said poorly. Did I look at you then? <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I'm, I'm in WrestleMania, dude. Right, yeah, okay. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm in WrestleMania. I don't know what to tell you. you but know, you're right. Everybody can
1: wrestle. So, when so it's like... Do you want to be, and again back to branding, marketing? So, do you want to be a professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. <laughs> you know, so I think the the quality of human beings that we have, um, and and the enormous amount of talent that they have, is because you have to have acting talent or reacting talent. You have to have that. You have to have this ability to to really want to grow because. You know, in our environment you you grow you know i believe if you're not growing you're dying right myself oh so Put uh, on a shirt you, you have to have you know that desire when you come in to really want to be everything you can be and really if it's a character really get into it be be that character when you know when you're in the ring and outside but but and your private life don't be that character
0: <laughs> you really get all confused a lot of people are that way oh yes that's by the way in my eyes and you might view this differently i think that's when it's at its best like, Taker right, was always Taker, right? That's what everybody mm-hmm. said. You saw him in all black, he moved quietly, but then you get him at the bar, and he's gonna shut it down. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Take there's he's there's to, Mark Calloway,
1: but it's, it's two different things. You know, the really good ones are all in on their character, and then they're themselves, you know, after the show's
0: over. Do you not think when the character is closest to the actual character of the person, it is his best, or do you think it's like whoever can portray the best character is the best? Right.
1: I think it's what you you can relate to, you know. Somebody relate to Batman or whatever relatives, you know. But but they really think they're Batman after the, you know, after trying to work with a show or something. No, it's important for your mental health, you know, to not be the character outside the ring.
0: You talked about being on the road and the family on the road. You have to have more logged hours in planes than anybody. You you've lived a rock star life for forty years, dude. Is that how? What do you do, like, eating-wise? We went on the road. What do we have? We had six pizzas. Oh, oh
1: yeah. Gained about 60 pounds 70, in six 60,
0: months. 70, 65, 70 pounds. Right. Right. Like, and, Cheesecake every night. And you said you're never tired, right? You said seldom tired. Like, that's what you said earlier. Right. Like, how have you been able to maintain this rigorous schedule while also not completely destroying your body. Cause you hear about rock stars, you hear about roadies, you hear right. about people that live on the road. You've been able to maintain energy, creative stamina, everything like that while being on the road. Do you attribute that to anything or, or what do you think? I, I don't really think
1: about it. I mean, you work at it, you know, and you have to be discretionary. You know, it's like, it's a lot of ball players who come from nothing and now I have all this money. You know, how, how do you deal with that? That's fucking tough to deal with. You know, and you've got all other opportunities that are coming at you. Not that you went at them, you know, and they're not always good opportunities. You know, and it's like you, and they're just coming at you in every conceivable way. It, you have to be very discretionary, and you have to grow, because when you're a kid, that's, that's so tough. You've got to figure out what you, know, what you want and what you don't want,
0: you know. Yeah, but you flying out here is absurd to think about. We're on the road to WrestleMania right now. We're in Miami on Friday. Madison Square Garden's on Saturday. I don't know where Monday Night Raw is. I probably should. But then you're there on SmackDown. And then we have the most stupendous WrestleMania. You fitting this into your schedule, I just assume it would be impossible. But when you're traveling, are you just working the entire time? Sure. Yes. yes. That is, you've but, just taken your entire life on the road, basically. But I'm having fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not like, okay, I'm working, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I'm having fun the whole time I'm doing that. I was at Wi-Fi on the plane pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it was good.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You watch the show? Yeah, you watch the show all the time. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, when COVID first started, I think you were on a council with like a lot of the other commissioners of the major sports. Right. Was there ever a thought for you to like miss a show or anything, or did you immediately like almost have a plan ready just in case this happened?
1: Um, I think... I like to do a wrong thing. So... And everything's different. Look, do the guys in the NFL do or there they do, you yeah. know, they're a little higher profile and so forth, and, and I get it. Um, but I was determined that, you know, even with this COVID stuff, that we weren't going to miss a beat. Didn't, couldn't have an audience. We never missed a show. And that's a credit to our performers as well in terms of, like, because, again, they're so they're gifted and they work hard at what they do in terms of their skills and, and so many different directions. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, an unbelievable – that's why they're superstars and not wrestlers. And they have this, this thirst for everything that it can possibly do to make them a better performer. Quite frankly, they're becoming better human beings. You know? So uh, I, it's, what I decided it was, okay, we had this training facility, which we still have, but it was smaller then, and it would keep us in a kind of like a cocoon balloon type thing. Yeah. So we tested everything imaginable for people coming in, our people and others, Uh, to make sure it was safe so we put on a show every week brand new programming you know and uh, with no audience that was difficult because you have to as a performer then you have to go okay i just got this shit knocked out of me and it's like one two three they're reacting and then come back so you have to (laughs) listen to that in your head yeah you know instead of just going through the motions if they're there it's easy to listen to them when they're not it's far more difficult, and it hurts by the way more. Yeah, guess, <laughs> yeah, the
0: adrenaline's not there. I was yeah. birthed in the Thunder uh, Thunderdome era. Yeah, I was right. birthed in there, so I knew nothing different. Then we went, uh, got in front of the crowd. What are we? Fort Worth, I believe, and then uh, the Cena. Cut. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a game changer. I'm like, holy yeah. Yeah. hell, this is a game changer out here. Our audience is so much a part of uh, oh of our yes product, of our product. You get mad. You you say everything you think about for the audience. Steve mm-hmm. Jobs has a quote where he's like, people don't know what they want until you show them. I assume you have to have that type of mindset when you're making decisions as well? Yes, but we have a focus group every night.
1: And it doesn't matter what I want. It's like if I think something's going to work and you present it and there's no reaction, mm, wrong vents. okay? <laughs> so you immediately know you know whether or not something's going to work. You don't know how well it's going to work,
0: but you immediately know. It's a focus group. They tell you. And you, you're saying still at this point... Through the Thunderdome era, what you you probably had to rely on social then, right? Is that what it was? Social media was basically telling you through the Thunderdome era.
1: Pretty much, although again, you can tell, but uh, in terms of what's happening, you've been in the business for so many years. You can see in the ring whether or not someone this is working or not. You know, but you know, you, you listen to your audience no matter where it's from. You know, but sometimes the internet audience, a portion of it, can be. Relatively biased and a bit harsh. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't listen to any of those. Yeah. None of them, you know. Um, but again, everything you do is for your product, it's for your audience. You, this is guys, you loved us because it's
0: for your audience.
1: Well, what not you do for the show, for your audience? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. That's, that's what we do, you know.
0: And I think a lot of people probably from this conversation. And by the way, thank you for doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. you are so cool for doing this. You I very said much that
1: like four or five times in once. Was thank you very much, and I'm thanking
0: you. Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, welcome to the yeah, Pat not, McAfee I'm show, not, man. I'm not big on the thank yous. Hey, I know you don't like the compliments. You don't like that whole thing, and. Uh... Hey, thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you so much. No, 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 okay, all right, enough, enough, enough. Hey, we won't do that. But I think a lot of people are potentially hearing, you know, you as a human here, and this is a fascinating thing for a lot of God people. God forbid I'm not human. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot of humility in a lot of things you're saying, like, hey, if things are wrong, you gotta do that. Alistair Black came out and told a story, whenever he left, about a meeting about a new song or a new entrance theme. And uh, he said that Vince said, Oh, I don't understand it, but if you think it's good, you're good. I'm a 76 year old man or something like that. Right. At what point do you think that ha- that creeped in? And have you always been like that? Is that something yeah, you It wouldn't all- matter if I was 36,
1: same thing. Um, I-, I think that you have to overcome a stereotype sometimes, you know, and that, okay, Vince is not hip or he's not with it or I've never been
0: cool. I don't give a shit about that. But <laughs> uh, I- you're pretty fucking cool, dude. You were in a limo that blew up and he came back the next week. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty cool. So,
1: um, but. You listen to people and you try to give them as much creative ability as possible because it makes them more invested if there's an idea uh and that i really like and a performer says i oh, i'm not so sure i don't like that then what's the alternative if they have an alternative that's better great there's no pride of authorship that's the way to go thank you very much but you do need to to lead you know you can't just wait you know so i guess a, probably what Steve was saying, you, you, my guess is, you need, you need to lead, that's for sure. You need to give, here's what I'm offering. You know, um, not buying it? Okay, here's what I'm offering. You know, so I guess that's probably what he meant because you can't dictate, you know, to the audience what they're going to like.
0: So I don't do well with bosses. It's very well documented. Sure. And I don't do well with bosses. Oh. It's pretty well documented, okay. right? right? I, I think that is something that a lot of people—it's it, on the internet, not in your world, but on the internet—and I think it's because, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I appreciate their brain or where they're coming from because I know some of the decisions that they've made in the past. So it's hard for me to take them serious right. when they're saying something about me, and they probably don't understand me anyway. So um, all right, you can fuck off. I've done that. So when I sign, <laughs> when I sign with the WWE. Everybody on earth goes I can't wait to hear how you react to Vince in your ear telling you exactly what to say How to say it and everything like that and I said I think I'm getting an incredible opportunity To get a billionaire's brain into my brain on a product that he created because I like to learn from everybody I would like to learn from you you and my ear is awesome you since the very beginning and I don't know how or how many times you thought about not doing it, you've let me just do my my thing. Like I am very, very pumped about that. And it went against everything that was said about you. So I think you saying there that you got a lead, like yeah, it's your company, but people potentially presenting another option to Mm -hmm. you and working with it, that's a massive part that never gets chatted about in the creative process, I think, personally.
1: if I didn't like what you were doing, then you wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> but, I mean, no, really, again, to the audience, you know, if, if it's not about my personal taste. If it's not getting over, if they weren't, like, really like, I oh, a fucking cool dude. I like the way he performs and yada, yada, If, you know, you wouldn't be there. But, you know, you appeal to the audience. That's what we're all about. You know, you're having fun doing that, you know, and, and we all have fun doing what we do, right? And you create things and what have you, and it's, it's a blast. You know, it's, it's, again, no work. It's just constant you know, and it's so fucking cool. I'm going to knock that thing over here. <laughs> I right. got back at it. No, hey, listen, listen, it's I know. Like I... Three, it's like three times now I've lightly touched it.
0: You know? Hey, I know you got uh, big, strong mitts out there. We were trying to figure out what the proper microphone setup was going to be, by the way. We thought about a table. With a stationary mic, we went with this one. What, do you think we made the right move it here? It wouldn't matter. Okay. You're not <laughs> down either. You either one of them. Brock also. Broke yeah, Brock. Those are that. the headsets that Brock threw up into the rafters. <laughs> so cool. Hey, will you explain that guy, Brock Lesnar? What a one of one that he guy really is. He really is.
1: And an extraordinary human being. Yeah. A smart son of a bitch. <laughs> you know? Good businessman. Good businessman. Oh, my God, yeah. In general, he's really fucking intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. And people that, you know, again, it's that... No misperception, you have someone that big, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, well it's a Neanderthal. Okay, he looks like a Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. Smarter than you, pal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he will listen, by the way, to everything you're saying, and then he will have his own. T- I, I've been very, you know, I've gotten a chance to learn about Brock now at this point, point. and chat with Brock right. off air. What a... There's another guy that I'm, like, asking questions for, like, advice from everything. I'm like, hey, can you help me in this particular situation? I love him, but the amount of superstars that have come out of the WWE... And obviously, Brock gave you a lot of credit. He said, on this show right there, before he broke the previous one that you're probably going to break. And then through his headsets up there, he said, my relationship with Dana White, much different than my relationship with Vince McMahon. Right. Vince McMahon is more like a dad to me. He mm-hmm. taught me a lot of things. Now he said, there were some bad times. I made some decisions and he hindsighted it, but he views you as like a, a mentor, a father. And I think you guys still chit chat and go through that. And he gave you a lot of credit for why he's had success outside of the WWE at the UFC, mm-hmm. but you don't just think about Brock is awesome. I've, I fucking love Brock. I'm very thankful for Brock. But if you go through the history of the characters that have been created in your universe, I mean, The Rock is the biggest star on earth right now. Stone Cold Steve Austin can do whatever he Mm -hmm. wants, whenever he wants, however (laughs) he wants, because he's there. Bill Goldberg, now obviously he starts at WCW, but his entire career continues and grows even more whenever the WWF and the WWE get in there. It's like these stars that get created in your universe live on forever. Do you keep in touch with all these people? Are those conversations Uh happening still? Some.
1: You know, um, it's not like I forget people. You know I love for them to stay in touch with me um, but I'm you know I'm, I'm busy today doing this we're busy right, busy um, you know, doing other things but I don't lose contact with those individuals you mentioned you know some that are further down the line you know I, I do you know I, I try to have make sure our company stays in contact with them um, that's a big
0: part right good grace is a good business right yeah it's good
1: business but you know Everyone um, helped pave the way to where we are now. And I'm always appreciative, you know, ever how small that was or how big that was. Always appreciative, you know, for everyone who ever stepped in the ring, you know, and helped us to get to where we are now. That attitude
0: era was yeah. outrageous. Hey, mm-hmm. it was outrageous. That television was <laughs> insanity. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming down with a beer truck. Oh. Shooting that thing into a crowd. You, ah, Austin. <laughs> uh, and, uh, we watched clips from the Attitude. What was that like? Was it just, we're going to show up and put on the most insane show that anybody's ever seen every single night? Is that what the Attitude Era was like, the, looking yeah, pretty back? Much. It was, again, just
1: so <laughs> much fun. It was like, um, you being able to do this as opposed to the standards of a network and no, you can't do this and you can't say that at all. You know, so we were able to, and at that time, think about in the 80s, it was, it was a Wild West. So we added a little extra sauce on that, you know, and just <laughs> had a blast. You ate a bedpan there at one point. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh. <laughs> right to the head. I So mean, Steve, before we're doing this, for 30 minutes, Steve is walking up and down the hallway. And I'm doing a, you know, set in terms of producing, directing, all that lighting, all that kind of shit. And, uh, and the first thing I was do was Mick Foley with Mr. Sacco. So I, Steve's walking hearing I hear him just like to I said, what, what have you been doing? Well, I was wondering whether or not you the head your his bedpan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a business. This is your world, by the way. Yeah, I,
1: I know. It's a wonderful world. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing like this world. I mean, it, 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 is, it is so wonderful. Well, Mr.
0: McMahon, I was wondering if I could hit his head with his Why? bedpan. What? what? It's a Texas
1: accent. Well, he's, then he starts hitting his head with it. You know, I'm like, I don't think it's going to hurt that much, but this is fucking thing as thick as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, when it's showtime, you know, you don't even think about it. Showtime, you just lay it in, and here we go. You know, it was, that
0: was fun. He, um, he said on the show during that era, we asked him a question, and I think it was the cement in the Corvette where no. it blew out. And he said before the show started, he said, the hand me the keys a minute, two minutes before the show started, I didn't even know how to drive it. But I fucking hit the Corvette because it's live TV. Right? Like, what is it about live that you love so oh, much? Oh, God.
1: You're on the edge, and I've always said that nothing can go wrong because the audience doesn't know. Mm -hmm. what was supposed to happen so
0: it's a lot of pressure though isn't it to put
1: a live show on two times a week for 40 years yeah I know but it's so exciting you know yeah there's pressure but that's what you know that's what you do you live for that you know live for those moments and you know when something really great goes down it's like yes you know and it's like you've seen a gorilla you know we've done something really really good and they come back through that curtain hugging you know clapping and all that kind of stuff way to go And other times when you don't do it well,
0: mm -mm, that's a different feeling. (laughs) We'll see you next week. All right. (laughs) you with your son. (laughs) Uh, Michael Cole, 25 years into this thing, almost horrible horrible human being. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jesus just fell and all batteries did. Oh my!
1: And you know that too. Sona and everything is all well and good, but just a really horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've had obviously a lot different experience with him than us, but I see him every Friday night Smackdown. Doesn't matter if we're in Omaha, Madison Square Garden, Baltimore. When that music starts, oh, you know, the sound hits in the headphones. Right. He gets excited. He gets, like, alive. He comes alive. And he's been doing this for 24 we years. You do the same. Yes, I get very pumped. This morning, when... Before he walked out on the show, you were excited. Oh yes, oh, you're all yeah, jacked, yes. ready to go. All yeah. you guys were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's like so, and how you are now? It's
0: like this is fun. You yeah. still get excited before shows? Hell yes. Everyone. Every single one of them. Even when is there some shows where you go, okay, this one's going to be interesting here. Is there any of that thought? Is there? Well, any- when you
1: write it, you know, then you you're really into it, you know, as I am in all those shows, but um, you the vision of, you know, what it is you're you're trying to tell, the story of it. You know, if it if it comes out as well as you think, it's awesome. Sometimes it comes out better than you think. And sometimes all those tools and everything right there and you're going, hmm, how could they miss that? You know what I mean? So it's no it's it's all about the audience. When they really pop and it's a surprise and things of that nature, or an you know, extraordinary move or whatever, those are moments. You know, man, they, and, I got the chill bumps like everybody else, you know, it's in the audience, like, holy shit. I'm doing the same thing. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. And by the way, you are actually, because I've heard you come into my ear when something awesome happens and it's like, uh, like a very like, whoa. And you're in every single show. It is unbelievable. I, 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 honestly, I've heard the stories and I, before I got into the universe, like, Hey, this guy, nobody will outwork this fucking guy. And I'm like, what I work hard. What are we even talking about? <laughs> right. I, I go. I, I work. What are we even doing? Right. You, just for all these years, what I ha- like to travel. How I get exhausted from traveling and every single week, and then going back and being able to be creative. You, you bring the energy every single show. Yeah, think
1: about our crew. Think about all the many members you know that do that twice a week. I was like, man. And it's sometimes it's difficult for the corporate types to understand that because it's not done anywhere in the world. No one does. No one has, We have the largest traveling show in the world. No one understands that, nor should they ever, nor should they give a shit. All you care about is what's on the screen, you know. But there's so much of all everything goes behind. And then our vast organization, our production folks are absolutely the best in the Amazing. entire world. Yeah. You know? But every guy, I mean, we've had cameramen have been with us for you know 15, 20 years. We, it, it's a family, you know. And it, man, it takes a grind. It takes a toll on you to be able to leave your home you're out on the road all the time and so forth and uh sometimes you get home it's not exactly the way you left it (laughs) because (laughs) things can get tough but nonetheless uh, it's a uh it's it's so it's it's so extraordinary that so many people want to do this together you know um and i don't look at it as a grind i obviously look at it as a privilege and
0: And it is most of the time for everybody, but then again, it can be a grind. But that's all coming from leadership right there. Because if you, you know, you're the leader of the group, Mm -hmm. looks tired or is tired, it can almost have a ripple effect through the entire team. Nobody's going to know if I'm ever tired. Ever? No. Seldom, by the way. You said earlier. But, But why would you? I
1: mean, because if you, it's no different corporate. I can have a really horrible phone call, a horrible meeting, okay? And now I've got 10 seconds to walk into the next room. I'm not gonna bring that in. No, that's really, really bad business to do that. So whatever it is, you that emotion you had there, okay, when you walk into that next room, be your normal self, smile, this, and that, and the other, and you may be dying and pissed off up the yin yang, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or in uh, here, and, hey, in here, oh yeah, and there sometimes especially. But, <laughs> but why? But why? You know, why bring that to the meeting if you're angry or whatever it is that's bugging you? right away, you know, it, it changes the
0: entire complexion of the medium. So what do you, like your leadership style, did you watch other leaders, did you read books, or is it just something that came naturally to you, and how have you evolved, do you think? Uh, it's moreover, um, I'm sort of a student of psychology, but street psychology. Um,
1: Trailer Park psychology. I'm, uh, right, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, the kind of student I am is that um, I didn't have, my grades weren't good enough to get into college, so I've always been a horrible student. No learning skills. I'm sure I had every learning disability there was, although there were no names for them then. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, um, and you know, I, you know, I was expelled so many times for fighting and crap like that. I wasn't in school a lot, so I didn't like school. You know, I didn't learn how to study at all. Um, so uh, I had to go to summer school to get into college, and then it took me five years going to every summer school to get back in. It took me <laughs> five years to get through a four-year college. Cr- for, easy for me to say, curriculum. Than to <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you.
0: you. East Carolina, right? Harvard of the South. Yeah, that's, yeah, it. that's I, I went to the Harvard, Harvard of West Virginia, West Virginia University. I did not graduate. Did you? I graduated. What was the major? Business administration. Oh, so that's. And that's another
1: story. That's so many fucking stories. So <laughs> <here's> <laughs> like I, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have the grades to graduate. I'm slightly off. So if I went from a B plus to an A minus, that would help me. So it would, uh, I forgot the subjects. And I wasn't gonna graduate. And I was like, man, my wife at the time, my wife, uh, it, it, she went through a th- four-year curriculum, and then three in three years. She's really, really smart. Well, that's two so, years. So, yeah, it's like, but me, it's like, no. And here we're graduating at the same time. The reason I mentioned that's because we're graduating at the same time. We're supposed to. I don't have the grades. I'm not gonna graduate. What am I gonna do? I'm not asking for the world. I'm not asking you give me an A when I'm, and I had a D. So i found out where these two professors lived (laughs) you know so what are you gonna do i forgot nothing to lose you knock on your door knock on their door and say hello i'm vince mcmahon if they didn't know who i was because of the large class and i'd like to come in and talk to you about you know business right so one of them was so kind and said absolutely as from a b plus to an a minus, be happy to do that Nelson was such an unbelievable asshole Didn't want not let me in his house. Wow. That's bad business. No, and I, I get it. You know, it's unusual for a student, you know, to find out where you live and knock on the door. I get that. You know, but I didn't have anything to lose. So there was a bit of confrontation and so forth, and he was going to call the cops. Call the cops. I still don't have anything to lose. <laughs> <laughs> really, I don't, you know. Yeah. I'm sitting on the cell phone. I'm, I'm going to call the cops. I'm call no, call them if you want to, but then I am going to...
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey that microphone <laughs> you, have, you have another one? yeah oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh there's a handheld right there there's a handheld right there if you want right there on your right or on your left I guess my right hey that thing's tough though. that microphone's been through it yeah still hear me oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. better this time
1: so um again finally the like, guy did change my grade but that's how I graduated <laughs> that's awesome
0: yeah. otherwise I'd never graduate. get out of my office I'm calling the cops ah yeah. right, fuck it well
1: no but really what, what do you you know is this his home and you know, like, I mean people's homes that's you know, I wasn't invading his home. You know, when we tried to close the door, I didn't let him.
0: <laughs> hey, but you graduate? Hey, college graduate? Yeah. Yeah. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah. That's where. Hey, so, it actually happened. So I'm. Uh, I'm glad I did not graduate. I mean, I wish I would have potentially went to a couple houses, I guess it sounds like, but I don't know how they would have been received. I'm coming in at sleeveless and some hoodies, probably a gas mask or two. Well, you know, I- you got to do that entire thing. Go ahead, Tone. Uh, Vince, we talked about it earlier about you eating the bedpan from Stone Cold, and some of my favorite times was when you were on the screen. Did you consider yourself a WWE superstar? Because, I mean, there was, a, there was a time where we all considered you, yourself a WWE superstar. Um,
1: I had to become one. I mean, if I could be on screen, mm-hmm. I mean, you, especially with Steve. Yeah. that's that's a blast and the funny thing is that you know i'm really steve austin you know uh and <laughs> that, that came pretty much in terms of the concept of it you know and knocking your boss and this and that and the other i get that because that's the way it was <laughs> you know i totally under, understood that underdog philosophy and your boss is an asshole you know and things about nature I, I I grew up that way, knowing that.
0: And the perception of you was that, so it's an easy transition into Mr. McMahon, I'd assume. Easy. But you're the greatest heel of all time, people say. What was that? Greatest heel of all time. Everybody was like, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. Everybody. Right. And it was... Well, the other thing, too, is when you're committing to a character, as I
1: said before, you you have to really get in. So you have to want people to really dislike you. I mean, you, you want people to honestly really dislike you. Maybe it's pretty easy for me to do sometimes. <laughs> but when you are really into that character and you think of things that you know that that motivate people and you when you even lying from a standpoint is like you know, people think I was lying when I said that. like you don't lie. Yeah. Really? You you, you don't lie sometimes? <laughs> Ever. You know? I mean it's like, come on, you're any number of lies that you tell every day, little ones, sometimes they're big ones and what have you. Um, but nonetheless, it's like it's things topics like that that people can relate to. And being able to, you know to mash the uh, emotional buttons and to get a reaction like that, man, that is a thrill.
0: You loved it. So whenever you went to performer almost on your own show, it was a game to ch- even more so, Like, hey, I love this cause you were a commentator. Right. long time. Hey,, right. I'm gonna be the voice of my product, okay? Right. My show, this is how I would like to go. Right. I'm gonna, be, by the way, one of the greatest commentators of all time as well. Congratulations on that in your own business that you created, obviously that's gonna happen. But from that to the performer, to being hated by everybody, that just brought a whole new level of fun and thrill to the business that you're already in? Absolutely. The difficulty though is um,
1: when you're performing, then you can't produce and direct. That's so difficult because you have to commit so much into that performance. You know, and I much rather being on the other side of the camera. You know, that's where all of the action is. You know. And you can live vicariously through every single character that walks out there, you know, and whether or not they're doing it well or whatever. You know, if you yourself are the character, it takes so much emphasis to be able just to do that well, then I miss out and everyone else does as well in terms of me directing them and producing and so forth. So it it's it's difficult to do, really. Is.
0: You saying that you're Steve Austin or whatever is uh, so hilarious. Because when I did that middle management promo, there was a big ah, ha 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 in my <laughs> ear afterwards, which I absolutely um, loved. You blew your quads out running down to the ring, and uh, is there any other injuries that we haven't heard about that you've gone through through your body? Well, actually, you blown the left one out twice, but that,
1: that was very unique. <laughs> Not too many people can you know sever you know the quad tendons. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that takes talent. Yes, Put right it on the resume. Right, oh yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you have no use of your legs at all. <laughs> no, I mean, you, when, when you sever your quad tendons and again both of them at the same time, it's like you, there's no, you can't walk, you can't stand, you can't anything. You know, it's just you, so you have to learn how to walk all over again. Yeah, rehab. You have to learn that rehab is you know, so important when you do all that. And it's like if you go too fast, then that's not good either. know i'd like to push myself as as hard as i can but you can't go too fast so in any event things like that um i've had all kind of neck surgery i've had tricep surgery god i can't think of all the damn things i've had um uh surgery sternum spine
0: yeah that um What's this all from? Just like, hey, walking around in your Corvette. What, what is, is this all? <laughs> is this from bedpans to the? Be, what is all the injuries from? Right, it's a combination of a lot of things. because you, know? you still remain. I mean, we videos hit the internet of you squatting. Yeah, yeah. You're you're still. I don't know if you're in the shark pit or if the bar, the one that I saw. But you're still squatting like weekly. I think you're still putting a bar on your yeah. back. I don't always do a thousand pounds, but we, we do that. <laughs> like, uh,
1: we do. Is that how much it was? Mm-hmm.
0: That eleven. was not like a,
1: a joke, right there. No, it's eleven plates on each side. You can, and it's <laughs> tough to get eleven on. <laughs> Jesus, um, but um, but you can. But they're hanging, they're hanging
0: by. That throat. microphone could not put eleven on each side. <laughs> no, that <no>. soft ass <laughs> microphone right there. So
1: at any event, um, we do, we only do that once a month because you don't want to press too much. But now, um, as soon as WrestleMania is over, then. Uh, Okay, now I can go have fun with it and, and really load
0: up. Yeah, your trainer, I see him around. he He's a great guy, Mike, yoked. he's a terrific guy. Wonderful human being. Hey, you got an entire crew of people. You said to team, like, obviously I've gotten a chance to meet Bruce and KD and the entire backstage, Frenchy, everybody right. that's in right. my ear. The people that have been around for so long that have helped you do this, all incredible people, even though the internet says a lot of shit. Like, I've enjoyed the hell out of meeting right. everybody. They're so professional.
1: Yeah, they're really professional. And good, all quality human beings. That's important. You have really good people around you. Very important. Hey, Michael, good guy. Mm. Wow. Michael Cole, good guy. That's your opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I know you don't want to hear this, but uh, hey, you're a good guy too, dude. And the reason why, in this latest version of why you're a good guy, you flew all the way out here mm-hmm. for this conversation. Yeah, but I was late. <laughs> Yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, know, don't apologize
1: for things. You know, so don't do that. You know, if if you're late for a meeting or you're late, there's got to be a really good reason why you were. You know, so walking in and apologize, I'm sorry, I'm late, kind of like thing, it doesn't mean anything to people. So, <laughs> it doesn't. Don't That's apologize. That's real. There had to be a reason
0: you're late right now. Of so, course, like, listen. So I don't want to walk
1: in, I apologize, guys. And then the next thing people want to say is tell you why. I apologize, I'm late because I had a flat tire. I had, like, I don't give a fuck what. You're, doing. <laughs> you're late, so at least when you if you're late, look as good as you possibly can because if you're late and you look like shit, uh, that's a double negative.
0: That was a long night there. Yeah, that was a long right. night there, and I love how much you enjoy the rips in my pants. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! yeah. You like those right there, Vince? A little hole in the leg, show off the hammy. You know, a little bit of the quad. You love my fashion, right? That was the biggest thing that you said. You know, I like my fashion. Yeah, my fashion, my fashion.
1: <laughs> that looks good on you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Every time we've talked, he has looked at what I'm wearing, like, uh, <laughs> But the story about my WrestleMania moment before you, and by the way, there's a couple like 10, 15 minutes of this conversation that I don't remember at all because you offered me a WrestleMania match, which is so incredibly cool, and the entire internet thought I was gonna have a match uh, at WrestleMania, and I've obviously been an incredible year, it's a dream come true, so I was a little bit, a little bit lost there. But every conversation I've had with you, you've been so cool and so nice. And you've talked about you know my pants. And if you go back to my original WrestleMania moment, first of all, we blew the roof off an RV outside of the MetLife yeah. Stadium while we were there. You probably heard about it. The cops weren't happy. It was an entire scene. But I had shorts on. I had my tuxedo shorts on that I actually got tailored, which I don't do often. Got these <laughs> things tailored, and then I had a nice sport or nice uh, tuxedo top. I looked good. And Michael Cole and a couple others wanted to kick me off WrestleMania. It's my first time there, and I'm like, at this point had good money in my life, had a business, did this whole entire thing. I was just pumped to be the WWE. And, uh, you know, there was an entire thing about my goddamn shorts, like 45 minutes before we go live. And I'm, you know, people talk to me and I go, "Oh, fuck you then. I won't go on. I don't care. And I just leave. I'm like, all right, I'll just, (laughs) all right, I won't go on. then. if that's the case, like no big deal, I'll get out of here, do your thing. And you literally, you didn't know who the fuck I was at that point. I don't think you had any idea who I was. Uh, I think you said. I appreciate that he wore those, and I respect it or something like that. And I think you added the word hip or something to it. And then I did it. You have been so genuine and cool to me through my entire relationship. And the fact that you came here, man, we will remember and cherish forever. Thank no, you for everything you've done good. for me. I appreciate I've that. i enjoyed this, guys. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, the chairman of the WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah! Try to win some tickets. <laughs> hashtag PMS Seat Geek Mania. Take a screenshot, go ahead and bounce around. Hey, they're gonna get a shot on you right now if you want to okay. swim. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead and tweet hashtag PMS Seat Geek Mania. We're gonna give away two uh, pairs of tickets in the lower section at the most stupendous WrestleMania in the history of WrestleMania. I'm coming to watch you work. Well, now yeah, I guess, right, huh? All right, right. Hey. Oh yeah. Too. Hey. Listen. I'm already tired. How many days do we got? How many days do we got? 30. That is a problem. We're going to have to expedite that whole process. I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you. We will see you all tomorrow for a feel-good Friday. We're live 11 to 1 here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show because the flight to Miami is long. Hey, that's way the fuck down there, Vince. That's a long flight down to Miami tomorrow night. It's no big deal. (laughs) I agree. More more business in the plane. There you go. Oh, that's what I need to start thinking about. Mm-hmm. Business in the plane. Be smarter. All mm-hmm. right. All right, I'll start that next week because this, I'm, I'm, this time I'm going to celebrate. I'm in fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> Hell well, yeah. We'll see you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Vince, thank you so much. This is the greatest show we've yeah. ever had. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you.